Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and I am very happy. I have wanted to have this conversation for a long time. Right now on the phone, I've got James from Thousand Below. James, man, how are you doing today? What is good, man? I'm having a wonderful, wonderful day. Today, today's a good one, I good. gotta say. I am I'm very glad to hear that. I know in this crazy world with everything going on, it is tough sometimes to have those good days. So it's very good to hear that, you know, you've got that positive attitude. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been bored to all shit to be honest with you, but uh today we figured out how to entertain ourselves. Got up early, got some good food, went to the skate park, ran like 3001 errands and yep. now we're back home. <laughs> Very, very nice. When you say we, is this the band? Is this your girl? What is? Oh no, we, we as in me, like just in, me myself oh. and I. Sorry, <laughs> I talk to myself a lot given the quarantine thing, and I'm living alone right now, which is like tremendously fucking lonely. Like, oh my god, it's it's a it's miserable. I understand. Yes, yeah. it, it's tough. It's tough. And so, besides, so you got to go to the skate park today. You got to run some errands. Is yep. that a typical a typical day for you? Or are you slouching on the couch? What are you normally doing? Um, today is a chill one. I started back up school just to like fill the time until we can tour again. Oh, cool. So like, and, but you know, like all, all college is online now. So it's a lot of that. Um, but then when I don't have that, uh, like, so the other thing I do when I'm home from tours, I'm a boxer, so yeah. I box, but the gyms are closed. So it's like, you know, you, there's nothing to do. And I, and, and I absolutely cannot get in. Like, I can't get down with the whole, like, there's like those awkward tent setups that they have at 24 hour fitness and yeah. stuff. I'm just not about it. So I just started skating and I skated back in the day when I was a kid, but I was all scared of getting hurt. And now I'm just like, fuck it. It's, it's a great sweat, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's get back to it. No, very true. Now, can you get at least a setup? Cause I, I know you were a boxer. Are you yeah. able to have something set up at least in your, in your apartment, in your home? Um, so um, the old house that I lived at, I had like a really, really, really helpful reflex bags set up that I could actually do tons of workouts with and obviously like jumping rope and stuff and shadow boxing. There's a million and one ways that you can like stay in shape at a house, but uh, I'm in an apartment right now yeah. for a little while longer and it is not so easy for that. Yes. Very, very true. It's the same kind of thing for me as well. So I, I yeah. totally agree with you. It's, it's tough. And you know, I have a full-time job on top of doing this, but it's still, so I get some human interaction but it does have to be weird. Now, you know, we're going to talk a lot about music. So when you put out the new EP, Let Go of Your Love, was that yeah. all done away from everyone in the band? Or were you guys able to get together? Oh, yeah. We all, we all did that, like, remotely. That was, like, them recording at their house and me recording in my room. Like, we were uh. not in the studio. <laughs> I, I think, I don't know. I think our buddy, we have a buddy named Tyler Rule who does <laughs> uh, he does recording. He does like, songwriting stuff. Yeah. I think he might have helped them record the acoustic stuff. I honestly don't fucking know. I was not involved in any of it. They oh. just sent me some instrumentals and said, have fun, bud. So <laughs> I did. Well, then that's got to be, I mean, please tell me your mindset when doing something like that, because that sounds kind of insane. I thought it was going to be really lame, but then all of a sudden I realized like, so I, I do songwriting for, for like other artists. I guess some people call that ghostwriting or whatever. And I also like produce a ton of stuff for like my own solo project at yep. home. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time I did anything for Thousand Below that was actually for release at my house. And I was kind of nervous about it. But then I realized, oh, my God, this is great. I can take my time. I can experiment. Like I, I can take as many different tries to get a take as I want. It's not really wasting anyone's time. Yeah. 
which is cool. So I actually told the guys, I was like, yo, like, I want to record some of the stuff on the next record just like all alone in my house. You know, oh. not um, I don't want to do the whole thing. Like, obviously, we're going to do it with our producer. But I, I did I did mention to them that I wanted to try just doing a couple songs at home with just no pressure. You yeah. know what I mean? Like not not no one else's time, no one else's dime. It's just me and the mic and uh, and see what happens. You know, it could be a total train wreck. I have no <laughs> idea, but I'm just trying to see what I can get away with. No, I, I completely get it. And I guess the next follow-up to that would be, does it actually put you in a different mindset where you think you can not only write, you know, different styles of lyrics, but then also maybe hit some type of range that you didn't think you had the possibility to? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I can't say it was because I was recording in my room that uh, this, I, I, that was another thing. I started with quarantine. I started taking, like, actual classical vocal lessons, which have just been made a night and day difference. Like. Uh. Okay. I, I think January of the, the January of this year, I was like an okay singer. I would give myself like a five out of ten, <laughs> and I'm easily at like a like a seven now, which is okay. fucking awesome. Like, I, there's so many bad habits that I've had that are fixed. So many questions answered. So many like ways that I'm learning to improve on my own. Mm -hmm. um, I'm starting to sound at least like I a little bit know what I'm doing when I record stuff and like when I sing, you know, like when I sing live and whatnot. Um, I'd argue that the the Killed and Born Again tour that we that we came off of right right with Bad Omens right yep. as like quarantine started, mm -hmm. um, that was probably the first tour where I was really really like sounding consistently good. The, at least not amazing, but just like decent, you know, solid every single night. Like I wasn't having any bad nights on that tour. I was killing it. Yeah. Um. Even my band members who are like my biggest critics, you know, they're the first <laughs> ones to tell me like, "Yo, you fucking sucked tonight." Like, oh my god, that was so bad. Um that i didn't get like a single one of those comments from them That's on any of the shows of the tour which is cool so um but it, but again yeah so i was like i want to get better that's and that's how i am i i constantly want to get better at things uh, nothing is ever enough for me right and i think that's the attitude that you have to have now i'm going to go back to something you said previously but i want to hit on what you just said right there so i actually saw you in boston when oh. you were on that tour yeah, I believe oh, it was. Yeah, that, that was a fun. That was a fun show. That was that was fun. That was fun. Brighton Music Hall, I believe, is is where. Yeah, you were. I, I went to this little coffee shop that had all these like board games down the road. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was like filled with board games, and the lady was like, "It was a big deal." There was lots of people there, and the lady was like, "I was like, okay, I just want to get a coffee, sit down with my laptop." And she's like, "Are you going to rent a game?" And I was like, "Oh no, no, I'm alone." And she like got upset. Like she was, she was like, "Oh, you're supposed to like be like playing a game here." She's like, "If the seats fill up, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave." And I was wow. like, "Holy fuck, this is serious." Um, I didn't know they were that but, serious. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, that was my first time in Boston, and I was uh, a big fan. Big fan. I also had some amazing ramen there. There's yes. like this. Yes. It almost feels like a, it was like a little train station type of thing, but it wasn't a train station. It like felt like it was. It had all these little restaurants in it. And there was a ramen place. And oh my fucking God, was it good. It nice. was wonderful. Yeah. No, that whole area is pretty good for different styles of food. It's a very college area, obviously, right there as well. Because I think yeah. when you say it's the first time you've been in Boston, I think that's because you've only played in Worcester before, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. No, oh, very, very cool. So I wanted to say I definitely thought you sounded great on that tour. But I also can't say that you sounded poorly on the Worcester one either because <laughs> I didn't yeah, I didn't notice that. But I, I just before like I don't know like th this is the first band that I've ever done any clean scene in. So in right. the beginning years of us touring, there was 
I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, man. It was like it was like I got hired for a job that I'd never even remotely trained myself for. Sure. So I was just figuring it out as I went along. But um, now I have like proper vocal lessons and a proper teacher telling me what's what. And he's also really harsh on me, which I really like. And ah. I tell and I ask him to be that way. Like, I, you know, I don't want him to tell me, like, hey, good job. You know, I want him to be like, Dude, like you fucking suck. Um, so that's the only way I get better at anything is if someone tell, tells me I sucks. Oh, OK. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> exactly but yeah dude uh yeah i don't know i tinged it a bit there but but yeah. oh no no that's that's great now the question would be for the lessons that you're taking you're, i i've been a fan of your clean vocals i've also been a fan of your unclean vocals your screaming as thanks, well man. absolutely so the question is obviously you're going in for you know singing lessons but or singing technique lessons whatever you want to call it are you also working on the transition between screaming and singing so that you're able to do both? Uh, not, not really. I mean, like for me, it's one of those things that for the transition to be good, you just have to be good at both of them. Um, I, I can confidently say I'm a very, very good screamer. Yes. Like I, I, I have a wide range. I know how to do it. It's something I've been doing since I was 16. Right. Um, I feel like I've sort of like vocally peaked and with screaming, like there's only really so much you could fucking do. You know what I mean? Like, like I think it's so funny with all these vocalists out there that try and make such a big deal about screaming and like the, the craft of it and all that. It's like, dude, if you're not Mitch Lucker, like shut up. Like you're, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure there's some people that some people might listen to that and get upset, but like gen- genuinely, like there's some people who just have special screams and they're just going to be a fucking legend. Like, Mitch Sucker, Frankie Palmieri, uh, I forgot the dude's name, but that dude that was in Oceano. I forgot oh, his yeah, name I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that guy's fucking <laughs> name was, that dude's voice, like, see what I mean? Like, there's some people out there that, like, and you that, like, that is a, that is a craft, you know? Yeah. But for me, like, I'm just, I do, like, post-hardcore screaming and stuff. I've already capped out at everything that I can do. I can get pretty gnarly if I want. Like, yeah. I can hit the piss and go low and make it sound aggressive and whatnot, but there's nothing more for me to learn on that front. And also it's really, it's not that exciting Interesting. for me to do anymore because clean vocals is like what I focus on now. Wow. So. All right. That's, that's really interesting. Now, do you feel like people out there don't think that you're up on that higher echelon of like the people that you were just talking about? Because when I go and I, I don't even know if you read comments on the internet, but if I go to YouTube and I look up comments about you or I go on just even whatever's on Twitter and even though that's a cesspool, you know, you go on there and you <laughs> check things out. People are always talking about how great a screamer you are. So Yeah, that- well, I, well the, what, the thing I do, right, and this is the thing that I wanted to do for this project, like, again, there's, it's about, like, the craft. What do you, your, What is important vocally for your band? Now, for Oceano, you want to create something that's, like, crushingly gnarly and almost abrasive and scary and heavy like with our band it just needs to be emotional so and i think i found a really really good mix of like mixing the emotional sound into my scream i think that's something that i do well in thousand below that that people appreciate i think that's what people mean i don't think there's people thinking that like oh my god this guy's like a screaming legend up there which with mitch luck or whatever i don't think anyone (laughs) means it that way i think they just mean like this kid knows how to like put feeling into it, which yeah. is what I'm aiming for in this band. Like the thousand below is not a, you know, let's, let's Mitch Lucker, you know, like, you know, like, right. I, don't, I don't know. Like the, you, we all know the sound is like, if you're in one of those bands or like a Frankie Palmieri, like there's like a certain sh- like 
the tone to the way that those people scream and yeah. that's an important part of their band whereas for us it's just really the emotion it doesn't really matter like you know and people do like the on the heavier stuff like the blaze and stuff like people you know like for us we we did it once on the first record yeah. and people thought it was funny and, and i don't know if funny is the right word but people liked it and i was like cool i'll definitely drop that again in another heavy song and see if people like it and they do man like yeah. It's and all I give a shit about is that they're you know like enjoy, as long as I if I get to express myself and they're enjoying the music and having fun with it, man, that's a win. Yeah, that's a win. Right. No, no, that totally totally makes sense. So then I guess yeah. look, I gotta I gotta play interviewer obviously with, with sure. what we're doing. So that's why we're here, but yeah. Now does that mean? And I mean, obviously, you know, you and I are both dying here alone, so we might as well yeah. talk to each other. Exactly. So makes total sense. Exactly. So is that one of those things where? You think that basically any new material from Thousand Below will most likely be just based on how you're feeling of whether there's going to be that screaming heaviness on it. I think, okay, so <clears throat> I think No Place Like You, like, or, I mean, I'm such a, why did I say No Place Like You? Sorry, that's just my favorite song on the first record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Love You, The Love You Too Close. The Love You We had to close, play yeah. it a bit safer, you know, it was like our first Rise release and whatnot. And also... Um, at the time when we wrote, when we wrote the Love You Had to Close, like, that was like 2015, 2016. Like I was, I was into a whole different realm. We all were in the, into a whole different realm of music back then. Um, right, right. And so that album was obviously very streaming dominated. And then once we realized that we could actually, you know, like like we made songs like No Place Like You that were a little bit more clean vocal dominated, and we found out people actually like it. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh wow, let's experiment with that. So once we got confident with it, um, it's a little bit more rewarding for us to make a good song that's um that's not very heavy because mm-hmm. it's more exciting it, it, it's more of a challenge like we we know how to make heavy music already we've been doing it since we were 16 you know yeah um but moving forward i think um i think we're definitely going to be taking the like, i i like to call it the our last night approach where <laughs> every album is going to have a few songs with screaming on it sure you know like between three and four songs with screaming on it and then the rest of it's just going to be stuff that we want to do because traditionally right now um you know just with what the guys what we listen to and what we what the guys like to make we don't you know like it's not exciting for us to make like a crushing breakdown or something like that you know we've been making breakdowns since we were in high school it's uh not saying it's immature like there are bands out there that make a fucking career off of that like like the new fifth you know know, the fifth for a king i heard the new fifth for a king song that's dropping on friday and Uh, it is a crusher bro it's like a it's a crusher and and they do that so well, and that's their band's identity. For us, we just we want you know our band's identity to not be crushers. We want our band's identity to be emotion, and we also want to prove that you can get emotion across and catchiness, and you don't have to do that with screaming in every single song. Um, so we want to make music for everyone. That's the goal. Not to not make any music with screaming. Not to make only music with screaming. We just want to make what feels right. And there's some songs like. Like they'll send me an instrumental sometimes and I'll instantly know like, oh, this is a no screaming song, you know, like, mm-hmm. and there's always they'll send me something and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be going crazy on this. I'm going to be like, there's going to be a bleh in here, you know, <laughs> like, um, I just, I just, it's not even something that really that we plan out. We just play it by ear as the record comes together and whatever we're feeling and however we want to express ourselves with the songs. That's sort of how it goes down. Yeah. And I like that personally, because I think the debate, that has kind of always gone on with this of a bands changing their sound, you know, in the scene to a, a poppier style or something like that. Is that sometimes it feels like the bands aren't doing it for themselves. It feels like they're doing yeah, it. That, for, you know that's what I mean? the issue, man. It's like 
you have to do it genuinely. Yeah. Like you, like you have to, it has to be because the band wants to, because, and with us, like, dude, when we put out our, when we put out Gone in Your Wake, I thought we were going to get fucking creamed, bro. Like uh. I genuinely was like, I like, and I didn't care because I love that album so yeah. much. Like that, like I, I, I listened to some of those songs, you know, that's how stoked I am on it. And so when we, I remember we submitted it and I remember like the day before release day, we were all like, fuck dude, this is going to be brutal. You know, like people are gonna fucking be mad, and then all the comments on YouTube were like, literally, this was like there was probably a thousand of the same comment that went something along along the lines of, honestly, not what I was expecting, and not really what I was hoping for, but I'm genuinely surprised and happy. Like, and then and then like I said, like I literally, like the thing we were just talking about, I literally read a comment from someone. I wish I like had this pulled up right now so I could give them a shout out their username, and it said like. Yes, this is a change in style here, but this feels like a genuine change of style. It feels like right. the band wanted to do this and not because they were just trying to like do something that wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and so all the comments, we were just like, I remember we woke up in the morning or I guess they wake up early. I wake up stupid late. But I woke up and I was in the van and they were all just going, through, you know, we were scrolling through comments. And I look at them and I'm like, how is it, boys? And they all turn around with a big smile and they're like, honestly, like people don't hate it. They fuck with it. And and also the songs that did have screaming, we felt like that they like covered all of our bases anyways. Like sure. disassociate. Like that song's fucking gnarly. You know, yeah. fake smile, that's that's just a good make fake smile's a good like traditional hearty thousand below song. And we felt like we sort of covered all our bases regardless. And we got to do what we want, which is what I, to me that's a win. Yes. You know? Yep. I think that's big. I think you exactly hit it on the head there because that's exactly what I think people are looking for. Sure, you'll piss some people off just because that's the way they're always going to act. But when you hear the genuineness of that, I think that's what got you covered. So that's that's great. Now, yeah. before we go on in, any further, I do want to hit something before we you know, go past it too far. But you had mentioned taking classes before, not for vocals, not for actually singing. You said you were going back to school. Do you mind? Oh, yeah. yeah do you school. mind talking about like what you're actually doing for that? Um, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm, remember I, I said earlier, like nothing's ever enough. I'm always trying to be productive exactly. and grow. And right yeah. now, like I can't be on tour, so I don't just want to sit around and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was pretty close to graduating before we got signed anyway. Ah, so okay. I said, fuck it, let's go back. You know, let's, let's try and get the old degree and, uh, everything's online now. So there's no excuse. Yeah. Like what the hell? Like I have nothing else better to do with my time. <laughs> um, and it keeps my parents like a little bit happy. You know, they, they, they shut up and stop asking me like, oh, when are you going to, you know, like, are you going to get it together? <laughs> you know, if it shuts them up and keeps my mind occupied. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm in. Right. Why not? No, that's, that's awesome. So now. How do you feel? Like, how is the band feeling right now? Because we we hear, you know, obviously I've had many bands on talking about what's been happening with COVID, you know, tours <laughs> coming back, all that stuff. I mean, you have to talk about it. It's it's part of everything. <laughs> they were scared. They they when I was when I went back to school, they thought I was gonna quit. They thought I was like done. And I was like, oh. What are you guys talking about? I was like, I'm just bored. <laughs> like I have nothing to do. And they're like, Oh, you're gonna like get caught up in it and i was like what do you mean caught up in it i was like we're not fucking doing anything um i don't know i imagine my experience is the same as everyone else's we're all fucking there's this like when you start touring like and people start coming to your shows and caring about what you're doing you get this like sense of purpose right Mm -hmm. and you know i can go play a concert anywhere in america and some parts of europe and some parts of canada and some people will show up and validate my efforts and make make me feel like i matter right, right. And like like what i'm doing matters so 
when you do that for three years straight, and like I said, we're new to it. So I don't even know what this feels like for bands that have been doing this for like five years or seven or 10 or fucking 15. I don't know how old these motherfuckers are out there <laughs> in the days. Um, but for me, like, I feel like my sense of purpose has been taken away from me for a while, which sucks. And it's yeah. depressing. And it makes you like stress the fuck out. It makes you feel like, what do I do? You know, it makes you like doubt everything in your life. Like, oh my God, am I like on the right path? Have I been doing, have I made all the correct decisions in my life? Blah, 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 blah. I imagine there's tons of bands out there that are, or tons of band members out there that are thinking the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm alone in that. I think it's very, it's also just a weird culture shock's not the term, whatever the term is. I'm sure someone will have the answer for this in their head. Uh, but the feeling of going from like nonstop traveling for X amount of years yep. to just being sit, you know, like sit, put at Stay home. Put, or what, yeah. what's, what's, right. what's the saying? Uh, something put, I can't remember Stay it. Put. Stay put. There you go. Yeah. yeah. From just like staying put at home as opposed to like before when I was home, if there was a couple months in between a tour for those two months, I was, you know, constantly thinking, okay, got to get ready for this tour. You know, yeah. uh, it, it felt like, it felt like you were just sort of killing time between something that was important. Right. Whereas now you're, <laughs> you're just, back, now you're just like a fucking nobody. You know what I mean? Like you're just a dude <laughs> that's just doing stuff, trying to fill the hours of the day. And then, making me and then that's that's the other thing making music right now like feels a bit futile because music is about life you know right at least for me like like i'm not one of those people who writes about and that there's nothing wrong with this but there's some artists out there that write about like uh things that's wrong with the government things that's wrong with the world blah 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 um i'm more someone who's like more of an introspective writer i write about like my emotional experiences with life and the, yep. you know things that i've been connected to and things that i lose and stuff right right now my life's not really changing nothing really nothing's really happening so i don't really feel like i have anything to to contribute i see uh, lyrically to things so yeah so the dudes like they've been writing stuff and they send me stuff and they're they're kind of pissed at me right now they're like why are you you know why are you sending us anything you're not working on anything like come on i'm I'm just frankly like they're (laughs) i don't have it in me right now you know like there's nothing i don't have anything to say i see Um, i think that that's the biggest bummer of this whole quarantine thing but or for me, sorry, not in general. Obviously, like people. Oh no, no, I, no, no, for sure. <laughs> I, I yeah, totally, yeah, that goes without saying. Totally um, understand. Yeah. So you can't. Yeah. You can't kind of force yourself, or you won't have a flow in your mind to do something like a concept album. It has to be something like, more. Yeah, I don't feel anything right now, man. Like I don't feel anything, and I'm, I'm sure I will. I'm sure. I'm sure once it gets closer to recording time, and they, we actually have like you know an album's worth of material in front of me, I'll start being able to like piece it together. Okay. Um, I have an album name in mind. Oh. I have a bunch of album songs. I'm one of those people that I come up with an album name, then I come up with song names, and then I try to fit the song names to the instrumentals, and I sort of play it like a like a lyrical puzzle game. It's fun. Oh. Wow. Um, so I have I have an album name. I don't think my band members liked it that much, but I like it a lot. So it's probably going to, if I can't think of anything better, it's probably going to end up sticking. Oh. Uh, Plus, like, we're one of those bands that I don't think anyone gives a shit what our albums are called into is they're just like long sentences, which is super funny. Like, I don't think anyone's like listening to our record just because we had an album called The Love You Let's It Close or Gone in Your Wake or Let Go of Your Love. Like, it's just a sentence. I don't think people are even paying attention to it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you for me, though, can I just ask? Yeah. Does the new, does the new album title have, you or your in it? No, no, it's a one-worder. Oh, one-worder. wow. Okay. All yeah, right. which which I used to kind of like look down on that. You know, you like you see some some fucking band puts out an. Al- I feel I I don't even want to say this because I'm scared that this is gonna be some band that I know is like 
second record or something. But like, if a band puts out an album called like Forgiveness or like Broken or something, you know what I mean? You're just like, fuck you. You know, you're like, well, you're like you couldn't fucking think of anything else, right? Um, yeah, it's just like fuck off. But uh, I feel like for us, like we've done, you know, we've we've done like story albums and we've done uh, like the longer, more like emotional titles. This I want to make something a little bit more. I guess like iconic this time around. So like I said, we're always trying to surprise ourselves. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I think, you know, even though we talked about kind of the change in the sound, you know, a little bit that you guys had this EP though, you know, going into, you know, acoustic versions and reimagined versions, you know, whatever you want to say, I I do want to ask, I know you said, you know, that the guys kind of sent you everything and then you locked yourself away and, and you went to work, but yeah, was there any big difference in re you know there's a difference between doing a cover and doing an acoustic song like acoustic songs i think have a roadmap of how they're yeah, going exactly, to sound right exactly. reimagine though you're almost doing a cover of your own song so how do you kind of get that out of your head that you don't want to do exactly what you did before but you still want to feel what you want to put there like how does that work for you um, essentially what I did was, well, I let them be the instrumental again. Like I, I gave them no guidance at all. I, I, I think for, I think for alone, I was kind of like particular cause I was like, Hey, this is the one I care about the most okay. other than the original one. Sure. Um, but yeah, the original one I told them, I said, I want to make an acoustic song in three, four, like that song, the timing of that song is in three, four instead of four, four. That was my big deal. Gotcha. And they said, cool. All right. So they sent me an acoustic song in three, four, boom. For alone, I was like, I want it to sound forget what i sent them and they they knocked it out of the park it was exactly what i wanted nice um but for the reimagined type stuff i was just like okay um let's change up the melodies on parts that i'm absolutely sick of like uh, definitely some, some you know like if you, with chemical yep like any, any like lead single of your, of your record or like song that gets on the radio or song that you play all the time and gets a big music video and all that like at least to me, it just gets really, it gets old really fucking fast. Like I'm so sick of that song; it's not even funny. Ah, um, okay. But that's how I am. Like, like I like tradition. Our biggest song by a fucking mile, sinking me. Our our other biggest song by a mile. Um, I just I cannot stomach listening to those songs anymore because of how many times we've been through it. You I know? see. Sure. Um. So with this, I was like, okay, let's make it interesting for me. Does that mean it was better? Probably not. I probably made it worse in some way, you know, but you know, I, I at least like got, I had to get myself excited on the song again. And I did also with chemical, we were like, okay, what's another way to make this interesting? Like, I think something that the band world is so fucking scared of doing that the rap world does constantly and keeps things. And it's what keeps it interesting. Mm-hmm. The whole features thing. Yes. I think there should be more features. I agree. As, not, not just from people that it benefits your career, you mm-hmm. know, like not just not just people like, oh, okay, let's let's pay this big screamer singer like five grand and get them on a song. Like it should be p- features from people that you know musically that you fuck with and that you want to be big. So for us, like you know, like our uh, this band Dead Lakes, they're yeah, like oh, our little brothers. Love Dead Lakes, sense. yeah. They, yeah, they just got signed to Sharp Tone. Yep, they're so fucking good. Um, their singer's amazing. His yep. name's Sumner. He's literally the nicest, fucking kindest person I've ever met on the oh, face good. of the earth. Okay. Holy fuck, is he nice? Um, he's wonderful, and he's someone that I I think their band deserves a little more credit, even though they literally just got signed. Like, I want them to be the biggest band in the world. I think that Dead Lakes will be bigger than my band. Wow. At, at some point. Okay. Very. Right. Yeah, I think they have it in them without a doubt. They're nice. stylish. 
They're nice. They put on a good show. Their music is just so easy to listen to. Um, they're awesome. And Sumner has a great voice. So we just said, hey, you know, like, let's fucking throw Sumner on this song. You know, we like we we want um, part part of our job in Thousand Below is not just to make music that we love and make music for our fans. It's also to push forward the agenda that Dead Lakes is a good band. That's a huge <laughs> portion of our of band's existence. Sure. So furthermore, that agenda, Sumner Peterson featured on the chemical remix and i dude i i'll probably have him sing on a song on the record like i literally will probably like beat that horse to death um <laughs> yeah i you know now that i'm saying that out loud i'm probably gonna have that happen i'm just gonna have him sing on everything until they're bigger than us um that's <laughs> like, the goal hey i like the exclusive i'm just a fan dude i'm a fan i'm a genuine fan of the the band like they're just you're preaching to the choir because I've talked yeah. about Dead Lakes now for a while, so I Good. I completely get it. Uh, just they're just they're just they're just they're hot too. Like they're attractive guys. Like oh my <laughs> god, just look at them. You These might have been locked away for too long. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Maybe I just missed them. I think so. Also, the other, we we brought Sumner out on a, on the we did a a big ass tour with DGD last year. Yep. And then we brought Sumner out with us, and um, I had my hair bleached, and so did Sumner. Yep. And uh, people literally thought that he was me. So he was doing merch for, for us. And people would come to the merch table and, play and like, tell him, like, hey, you were so good tonight, like, blah, 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 and which was great for me because I was like, oh, my God, I don't even have to, like, go down to the merch table and, like, do anything. People already feel like they met me. So, like, there you go. It's just, you know, no, I'm kidding. I like meeting people. But um, touring is just very tiring. And yes. I, I get in moods sometimes. I'm very moody on tour. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I just don't want to talk and see anybody. Is there something specific that happens that night that kind of puts you in that mood? Or is it just. No, like... no, no. It's just, it's just, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just a baby, I'm just <laughs> mentally. I'm just, a, I'm like a man child. And if, if I get minorly inconvenienced, I get all pouty and I just like hide in the green room on my laptop watching Twitch streams or something. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Hey, you, but can't, yeah. you can't blame. Look, you're a famous artist. It happens. Remember <laughs> artist for sure. Now, let me, let me ask you this then. So obviously we want to push the agenda of Dead Lakes. I might name yeah. this episode Dead Lakes. So just Good, so you, you know. Should. I yeah. think that's a great idea. So with, with Sumner and everything now doing, you had mentioned before the, you know, you do solo work as well. Would you have yeah. Sumner come on and do something that different? Nah, I, in my, in my, my solo stuff, I'm not going to have anyone on there that doesn't have a solo project of their own. Like ah, I would not have okay. a singer of a band. Um, someone that I did, I had this weird thought that it'd be interesting to make a cool kind of like, mac millery type rap song when i have like tillian from dgd sing on it but sure. i don't know like how tough that would be to do i think he does look yeah. he just did a feature on bill murray's that well, was i'm saying like tillian has a solo project so like yeah. that that to me where that that's where, like i i can bridge that gap in my mind but i'll never like i want them to be separate things like like I, ideally i want people that listen to my solo stuff to like almost not even know about the band, et cetera. Uh, but obviously that, that's impossible. That will never happen. But yeah, I would never have like the singer of a band feature on my rap stuff. That's just like, a, that will never happen. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I, I understand it, but I could see, I mean, it, it is different, but I could see you going out on tour with Tillian and like Landon. Yeah. Tours, you know, totally. No, yeah, that'd be so sick. And and again, like if Sumner had a, so, a solo project with like, you know, if it was if he had something going on, totally, then I would do it. But I would never have the singer 
of a band who's just in a band. Like, they'd have to be doing something else on the side that would make me be like, okay, it's featuring this, not featuring, like, your fucking band, you know? Right, right. No, no, for sure. And I know, you know, you talk about people you know you had Being As an Ocean on, you had North Lane on, Thousand Below before. Is there anyone right now, you know, besides Dead Lakes, is there anyone else where you would be like, wow, I would really want that person on, you know, the next record? Um, oh, <laughs> I was still want to, okay, so I'm just going to say it. We are trying to get, there's, there's this band called Now Now. They're super, super good, like indie band. Um, we're trying to get that girl to sing on a song of ours. Okay. Album. All right. Um, we're, just, we're, we're trying to make that happen. I don't know if she'll be down. I think that's, I think that's a bit of a Hail Mary. Um, I, I don't think they're like way too big. I think it's just like a stylistic. Ah. Like, ju- I, I, I can't imagine her getting an email from our manager and being like, hi, we're a, a, a band signed to Rise Records. We're like a post hardcore band. Will you please sing on like a soft track of ours? I just can't <laughs> imagine her saying yes. Um, but that is a huge goal for us. Like, I remember that, that thought came up in our group chat and we all were like freaking out about it we were like this is a great fucking idea um so we're definitely trying to make that happen just because that band like we love that band so freaking much like i'm putting it on my list right now because that is a band i have so good dude sorry i'm yawning i've been up (laughs) since like five in the morning i Um, i have that effect on people don't worry no no you're you're (laughs) fine i i I just got up so early today i don't don't know why i did that um but yeah so now now amazing band uh holy fuck they're good from the picture from the picture i'm looking at right now she almost looks a little bit like shirley manson from garbage i don't know who that is oh but you're probably right (laughs) i'll take i'll take that i'll take that but by the way if you don't know the band garbage you should go back and listen to some of that bro i'm constantly that person that doesn't know things that people think i'm supposed to know like i'll be straight up with you i didn't know who mick jagger was until that one Kesha song came out where she's like i got moves like mick jagger or whatever and then i was like like who's I, remember, I, I, I think i was in high school and we were we were driving to go get food for off-campus lunch yeah and i and i said who's mick jagger who's she talking about and all my friends were they just looked at me with such content contempt uh <laughs> And I was like, hey, I'm genuinely asking. Like, I'm not fucking with anyone. Um, yeah, I'm constantly that guy. I don't, uh, I'm not from like a very musical family. I didn't, um, everything I know about music is I found out on my own. So I never had like a dad sharing. I, I have a dad. Um, he loves me. He loves me very much. But I'd never had a dad like showing me music, like, hey, son, check out this record that I've had for, um, my dad also doesn't talk like that. But yeah. And neither my mom. My my mom's from my mom's from Germany. She's not a musical woman at all. Um, okay. Neither my parents are. I didn't have a mom telling me to check stuff out. Like, um, <laughs> if I look, yeah. if I had taken my mom's advice on what music to listen to, I'd be listening to country right now. So yes, yeah, so, well, I mean that's what I'm saying. Most people that get into music that start playing an instrument when they're younger, it's because their dad like <laughs> showed you know like gave them a cassette for something and then they you know like no one ever did that for me i, I had to find music on my own which is probably why i, I like it so much yeah um, no it was your own thing yeah right it wasn't something that was passed down well look it's a it's kind of cliche for it to come up in an interview but because you went into that how did you get into what like how did you discover that you were able to scream how did you discover that you wanted to be a vocalist um so it was the 
I think I had already started some some garbage ass punk band with my friends in high school. We were playing some like we were like we went and saw there was a thing called ninety one X Fest in San Diego and yeah. we saw this band called first off we saw MGMT play before they were big and okay. I thought they were so lame. I didn't know any of their music. <laughs> I saw MGMT play. They opened the festival and I was like, This band is lame. This I is, said the same thing. Sucks. Um <laughs> how wrong I was. Um but yeah, uh, I love I also do love I love MGMT. But I think headlining the festival, I saw like the offspring and also a band called Pennywise, just two oh, kind of yeah. like more like I'll call them like digestible punk, you yeah. know, like mainstream <laughs> punk, like actually listenable punk. Sure. I wouldn't even call it pop punk. That's not even No, funny. Pennywise is definitely punk. Yeah. Okay, yeah, thank you. And then also there was a band called uh The Unseen. Yep. Which is amazing and then also i got into rise against rise oh, so of sure. course a high school kid listening to rise against i wanted to sound exactly like change that. your world yeah 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 we started like some garbage ass fucking punk band i think it was called i think it was called like hard laser ramp or something like nice. that which is which we named it off of because we were playing garage band like the xbox game at yeah. home and then we clicked the random band name generator and it gave us the band name hard laser ramp so we were like <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. we were like let's roll with that um and i got dragged to this venue in san diego kind of legendary venue called soma yep and i had a buddy of mine drags me he goes hey bro come to a screamo show with me and i of course me being in high school i was like no that music is lame i don't want to listen to screamo music <laughs> And he goes, come to a show with me. Come to every weekend. Come to a show. Come to a show. Come to a show. No, 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 no. Finally, okay, man, let's go. I, I forget who I saw. It was like a, some big tour. It was like Attack, Attack, I See Stars. I was like, what, yada, yada, yada. I was like, oh, this is cool. This was a fun show. The mosh pit was fun. Kept going. I think like the fifth one I went to was the a day to remember headliner with co-headliner with the Devil Wars Prada uh, right as with Roots Above and Branches Below came out. Right. It was literally like that same week. Um, I remember someone tried to show me Plagues, and I really didn't like it at all. I was like, this is too chaotic. <laughs> There's too much, like, you know, like, right, right. Uh, for, like, for me being in high school, the type of music I was listening to at the time, I was like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> but with Roots Above and Branches Below resonated with me so hard. I remember someone showed me the record, like, four days before seeing them yep. at that show. And I was like, this is amazing. This is such good metalcore. Oh, my God. And then I saw them play live, and I was sold, bro. Like, yeah. the set was so good. I did remember Dig Dead too, but it didn't really, like, strike a chord in my brain. Oh, okay. But I remember I watched them play, and I just, like, saw Mike Karanika up there just crushing. Like, I'm talking, like, crushing. Like, that dude. See, that's another one of those screamers that has, like, that cool tint on their voice. And yes. feel like a, he's right. a good screamer, and that's, like, his craft. Like, right. he's, he's got a thing going for him there. Um, but, yeah, I saw, I saw them crush, and I remember just being like, I want to be that guy. I was like, I want to be that dude, uh, really bad. Okay. Went to Guitar Center the next day, bought myself an SM58, you know, and uh, then just started embarrassing myself at home. I <laughs> bought this Zen and the Art of Screaming DVD uh -huh. by Melissa Cross, who yep. blessed her soul. I, I did take a couple lessons from Melissa, and she helped me a bunch, too, with, like, live performance stuff as well. Yep. So, essentially, Melissa Cross's DVD stuff taught me to scream. And some 10 years later, here we are. There you are. Now, yeah. how dare you? How dare you skip over Oh Guardian? Oh God. Look, we're getting to the main reason why I wanted you on the show. This is <laughs> this is you talk about Devil Wears Prada, who put out one of the greatest covers of all time, Still Fly. Yeah. And oh, then yeah, yeah. and then you're going to skip over 
your <laughs> awesome cover of Fat Lip. Okay, that's something I. <laughs> to me, that's like when people ask me about that, I literally hit him with, "I'm like, I don't." Even I'm know not even asking. About. I'm just telling. No, you. no, no, no. It's cool. Um, so that cover was like, it was kind of lame because we didn't really change too much about the song. We just like added a little bit of screaming and threw a breakdown in there. I think yeah. we could have made it more interesting. But we were in high school. Can't expect too much of us. But playing that thing live, bro. Yeah. Oh my god! When we started playing that live at our shows, like I'm th- that was a cool. Then back in San Diego, the local scene was insane. Like every local show at Soma sold out without a doubt. Yes. It was like oh, 450, yeah. sure. 500 kids. Yep. Fucking chaos. We would play that cover, and the entire room, front to back, not a single person standing still. Whole room jumping up and down, singing every word. Literally like fifty or so people crowd surfing. Um, climbing up on stage to get the mic. It was a fucking riot. People would come out to our shows just to hear that. Like literally just to hear that. Um Yeah. And then yeah, and then we uh and then there was like even that that band too. Like that band, we got some you know, we got an email from like fucking Victory Records oh, and they sure. were like, Hey, we heard your stuff. We want to come to a show. And we were like, sure, whatever. Yeah. Then they came to a show and then of course it was like sold out show you know we played that shit live the a&r guy was like that was very cool man like it was a good show guys and they offered us a deal and we said no because everyone was like don't sign that label obviously for good reason yep because everyone's been suing them um exactly yep yeah so um but but yeah so that was you know oh guardian was cool that was where i learned i you know, I learned about being in a band i learned how to function as a singer you know i learned how to sell merch i learned like all the 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 important things you yep. know about being in a band well, now, just just a, an aside to that as well, from Old Guardian to Outlands, you were obviously working with Jordan during that time, and you guys were doing the dual vocals thing. Yeah. Do you miss any part of that, or are you happy to be you know, writing on your own? The only part I miss about it is that I had to do less. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, I didn't know what I was doing, so I was like scared. I didn't want the responsibility of having to do that shit. Sure. To me, I was like, oh, the less I have to do, there's like less I can fuck up. Mm-hmm. And then I got good at what I was doing and I was like, cool. Now I want like, now I don't, I don't let anyone help. I don't let anyone help me with the vocal stuff. Actually, that's a lie. There was one verse on uh fake smile on our last record. I made uh Josh, I made JT write it. Um, oh, he yeah. actually wrote, he wrote the second verse of fake smile. Um, Cause I was kind of like stumped on it. And uh, that was his favorite song on the album. So I said, Hey dude, you should write a verse. Oh, and, and so he did. Nice. As a as a band, you talked about at least what you did for the EP. Is it that separated normally though? Are you just gonna do you know album name, maybe song titles, and then also the lyrics, and that is your thing, or do you guys all get together and really go over piece by piece what you're gonna keep and what you're gonna change? Mm, like I said, like they, they just kind of they send me stuff. They send me like chunks of songs and sort of I tell them if it's in the right vein of what I'm looking for. Okay. And it's not really that I get the executive decision. It's more just that if I'm not really stoked on an instrumental, the song's not going to come out as good. And they know that. So they ah. sort of know they have to please me in a sense, mm-hmm. um, which is like bratty of me because I'm the singer. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but they know what I like. They know what I like and what I don't. They're they're pretty good about deciphering what, what I'm going to be like, this bangs. Or and what uh, or what I'm gonna be like? Hey, this is kind of lame. They 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 know it by now. Right, uh, right. It works out. Oh, okay. All right. We talked a little bit about covers. Would there be anything that you would want to cover with Thousand Below? No, especially. Will, yeah. Go ahead. The only thing that Thousand Below would ever cover is like, I mean, and I would just steal this idea from the, the story so far. Is we would do like 
a cool stripped down cover of a really really subtle song or like how um like the devil wears product covered a what is that girl's name that that girl that acoustic singer chick really really sad fucking music they have a they covered a, like they fiona covered a song apple? called like it's called like sour breath or something what's her name fiona apple maybe no 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 did um you know i could pull this up on my phone i mean i'm interested to know yeah no because it's really cool um so that's probably the the only the only way we would do some Julian Baker is the ah, name. Okay. God, she's so gotcha. talented. Gotcha. Amazing, good, sad acoustic uh, music. She she's wonderful. Um but yeah, we would only do something like that probably where we'd cover some something that was so far out of our genre that it was like that people might not even have heard of it or something subtle, you know, like like I think it'd be cool if we did like a cool sad acoustic cover that sounds like really sad of like a now now song or something like that. I, I don't know, see what I mean? Yeah, um, but yeah. chances are my dudes probably wouldn't, they're not super down for stuff like that. Um, I'm usually the one that has the cool, fun, weird ideas <laughs> about things like that. And they're just like, Hey, no, let's just make music. That's ours. <laughs> gotcha. Well then now that you're going kind of back and forth, you're in school and they're working on things. How quickly do you think things will come together? You know, obviously, I mean, you guys put out new music in 2019, you put out solo stuff in 2020, and then you guys put out a new EP in 2020 so it's not like you have to put out music but what are you we want to yeah we we want to put it out as as soon as possible i'm not one of those people who believes that fans should only put out a record every two years i think that's stupid um i think it's really dumb that the music industry is like that i also think that the way spotify and all that stuff say rewards the artists that put out music more frequently yep i would rather put out like I'd rather do like a small little, you know, like obviously do the album every two years, but, but after a year or so of an album sitting, I think it'd be cool to drop like one or two tracks, like a little, a little two pack or something like that. I think that's cool. And I think that's part of the reason why our genre suffers so hard compared to genres like rap and stuff like that is because we only fucking put out albums every two years and people just like, you can't listen to 10 songs for two years. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so that's something I've been, like, bothering the label about, saying, like, hey, I want to drop, like, a single or, like, two songs of just, like, songs that we wrote. And then also, like, like that was, okay, Bring Me the Rise did that once. Like, that song Drowned, one of their biggest yep. songs ever. They dropped that song with nothing. It was an in-between cycle song. It didn't, and, and it was just an experimental thing. They didn't know anyone was going to like it because it was so different. It ended up blowing up on their next record. And then the record did fucking, obviously, they were already a big band at the time. But, sure. like, I think there's nothing wrong with just dropping singles and experimenting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you've talked about two specific things that I think we've, you know, a lot of people have been talking about when it comes to, you know, why is this scene kind of stagnating? You've got the... Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why. And, but I, I would argue that's a big one of them is because we're fucking pigeonholed into only making and putting out 10 songs every two years. Like, just, just every band should say that out loud to themselves and realize how fucking stupid that sounds. It's just beyond <laughs> dumb. Yes. Like, like, yeah. like with, with my solo rap shit, like, again, I'm not saying that that project is anything. It's just, it's my little baby project, but I'm literally putting out a song every two weeks. Like, and so I have my little, I have like a little mixtape thing coming out this week. Okay. After that, I have a song coming out every two weeks. That is, that is literally the goal every wow. two weeks. And, um, because if you look at like, I want to follow the business model of artists that, like big artists, like 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 for example, Russ is kind of a weird example. He's like that like rapper singer guy. That dude puts out an album, 
and then he waits a month, and then he starts putting out a song every two weeks again, nonstop. And right. he is so fucking big. The guy sells out arena stuff, and like realistically, like his music's not even that special. It's just decent hip hop. It's sure. like decent singing hip hop stuff. But he puts out consistent stuff. It's constantly something new for his fans to listen to. And the dude sells out arenas. There's no fucking band anywhere close to what I'm doing that is selling out arenas like, like Russ is, you know. And, sure. and then he, and look at like Bring Me the Horizon. Like they just put out that little weird B side album. I don't, I, I don't even know what those songs were. Honestly, there was a lot of confusing <laughs> no shit in there. Yeah. But they put something out, right? Yeah, they true. put something out, and that's something for the fans to take. James, I lost you. Hey, can you hear me? Sorry, the Wi-Fi in San Diego is like really fucky right now. <laughs> no worries, man. Um, I I was I was just mid rant about how Bring Me Horizon put out that little weird like B side album thing, and it's good because it's just something for their fans to listen to and continue yep. caring about. And bands don't do that enough. And I think putting out a record every two years is just not enough. It's stupid, yep. and that's why our scene suffers. Yeah, but, yeah, and I've I've seen pretty much two people I think in the scene that have been trying to change that. One on a high, yep. one yep. on a Ronnie, larger scale. Ronnie Radke, exactly. One of them. Yep, Ronnie Radke with Falling in Reverse. They've been doing it right. And then Johnny Frank and Bill Murray, he yep. puts out, you know, an EP every six months or so. And Ronnie Radke, like Falling in Reverse, will be bigger than all of our bands for the rest of time. Not just because Ronnie's like very good at what he does, sure. and not because the band's already big, but because he's doing that and he has the freedom to, and the label gives him the freedom to. And I think all the bands that are stuck in the put out an album every two years are doomed. Yep. It's just you're fucked. No, it's, for sure. And that's why you so many insanely talented artists in this fucking scene that hit their glass ceiling of being in a metalcore band or being in a post hardcore band because they can't grow. They can't, you know, you don't get good at songwriting by making 10 songs every two years. You get good at songwriting by making a song every fucking week. Right. But yeah, that's just my view on things. I also have a very pessimistic view about the scene <laughs> as a whole because of there's so many fucking things wrong with it. Well, please um, look, I've been doing this for so long. And I love when people are open and honest about this. We talked about features, you know, getting your friends on, getting more people on to feature. We've talked about singles. Not to put you on the spot, but give me something yeah. else. Give me something else that the scene needs to do because I have a lot of things as well that I, I totally get. And I would love to talk about that. I think it, just, it boils down to fear. It's like the fear of the labels letting the bands put out music consistently. Yeah. Uh, the fear of... Like, for example, Fit for a King just put out that track recently that wasn't that heavy, and yep. the internet just, like, attacked them about it. And then also something something that they did that I didn't really like was they, like, gave so much attention to the negative energy. Like, yes, dude, when we, when we get, like, shit talk, we're just like, who fucking cares? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, suck my dick. I literally don't <laughs> care. Like, I would rather give one minute of my day to respond to a nice comment right. than, than a minute of my day to break down a mean comment and be like, why is this wrong? You know, you know, nothing against it for King. I love them. To no, death. I just don't like seeing, I don't like seeing artists like respond to negativity because guess yes. what? Who fucking cares? That's the thing about being in a band. It's like you, if you have a million fans and then you have 2 million people that think you're dog shit, it doesn't matter. There's, right. You still have a million fans. Yes, right, like, right. <laughs> like I totally, I totally understand that. And what I thought they did so strange, and look, I'm a fan. I've had Kirby on the show before. Like, I, yeah. I'm a fan of Fit for a King. I've supported them. Totally get it. What I thought was very strange with them, though, is if you notice before they even dropped that new track, they were explaining to every. It was like they were trying to get ahead of the fire. 
and let people know like, hey, just I, I want to pad this and make sure you know that this isn't us. You know, we're, we're trying something new. Don't take it out on us. It was like <laughs> it disappeared. Wow, you were not kidding Sorry, about that. My, my you were not shit, kidding about that. Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, my, my shit internet keeps cutting out. But, but yeah, I'm with you. I saw, I saw that post and I was like, dude, it's already just the wrong way of yeah. doing things. You need to just it needs to be the band is putting out music. You shouldn't have to explain yourself. If if you're putting out the song in your own free will, you should just be happy at that point. And right. you should be, you know, um, that's something that our band will never do. We're going to constantly put out a bunch of weird shit that is probably going to get confused some people. But <laughs> anything that we put out, we're putting out because we love it. And right. that's that. All right, man. Well, I, I really don't think you could have said it better. I really appreciate that. So because the Wi-Fi is kind of cutting out a little bit, we're going to end the show now. I did want to yeah. mention... I've been, I think I said at the very beginning of the show, but I've been a fan for a long time. I've wanted to talk to you. I had that kind of feeling, you know, that you're very outspoken about things. So I enjoyed going back and forth with you on this stuff. And I've been a fan of your music for a long time. So I wanted to let everyone know, please definitely go, you know, pick up, let go of your love. Hey. Check all of their stuff out. You know, not to be cliche, but it is a journey through different yeah. sounds. So no, that's what we try and make it. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll have links in the description of the episode so people can follow you on social media so they can pick up, you know, and support you guys, especially during this time. But until then, what is the best way for people to support you guys? Uh, I mean, it's the same with all bands right now. Like we only make money from merch, but no one gets fucking paid from Spotify. Right. Um, but uh, not saying don't listen to the music. That's, that's the wrong thing to say. But, <laughs> um, you know, like like p- picking up merch from the from the bands that that really need the help. You know, like there's a lot of bands out there that are fucking massive and they're already making tons of money. I'm not saying don't buy their merch either. I'm just saying if you want to help, you know, like there's if there's that band that's the underdog that you're trying to support and you want them to feel good enough about like suffering through this like, like storm of covid i guess and like it's <laughs> coming back and continuing touring and revitalizing their music career you know pick up a pick up a shirt man if you, if you got the if you got the extra 20 bucks or so pick up a shirt it, it goes a very long way and, and people are though i gotta say people are yeah. definitely doing a good job of that um and then also another thing when things do come back go to a fucking show yes holy shit there's oh, so yeah. many people uh, you know, that's that's the one good thing I think that will happen from this whole COVID thing is people will are now will realize how fun live music is. And when as soon as concerts come back, I think it's going to be insane. Yes. I think then there's going to be a boom of like people being like, oh, my God, I haven't been to a show in so long. Let's go. And they, they don't even care who's playing. You know, they're just <laughs> going to pull up. Yeah. No, I hope so. I mean, I'm just hoping the venues are able to stay open to be able to handle you know, when yeah, everyone wants to come back. That's another interesting thing. That's like I said, the whole, oh God, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's going to be chaos. It is. It is for sure. Well, once again, James, this was a lot of fun and I almost forgot. I have to ask you, please give my regards to Max because I did have Max on the show years ago with Alex <laughs> uh, when they were on, when they were in Vesta Collide. And I always thought he was a fun guy to talk to and everything. So please give my uh, regards to him as well. He is a he is a wonderful guy. I haven't uh, I haven't talked to him in person, obviously in a while. He lives in Pennsylvania. He lives very far away. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I will I will I will send his regards. Absolutely. Well, regards. man, we might have to do this again because I have a feeling we could do a whole episode just on things that should change in the scene. Just just complaining about the scene. <laughs> and, You've named and, every and podcast. The, all the things. It's not the people, man. The people in it are the best part about it. I think it's just the way. 
that people view some things and the way that like things get done. I don't know, but I'm also just a fucking dude, you know, like, what do I know? I don't have a degree in like business or economic, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know shit about shit. I'm, it's just the way I view things. You're working um, on it now though. You'll have that yeah. degree soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. 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 Well, once again, man, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and good luck to you and the band and everything you guys do. Absolutely, bro. Thanks for your time. Appreciate you a bunch.